going. We got a guest straight from the United States, Richard Hart, founder of Hexcoin. And Richard, please uh, feel free to correct me if I'm saying any wrong things. But it's just Hex. You... <laughs> Hex, yeah, <laughs> Hex. And you've been, you've been in the crypto market since 2010. You started mining Bitcoins on one of your own devices where Bitcoin was under $1. Yep. Um, you're, you're one of the um, most well-known crypto experts. And you're also a little bit like me because I came up in the fitness scene as a vegan. So very controversial. And you're also kind of controversial because um, you also don't only say positive things about other coins, about other cryptocurrencies. So you got some lovers, but you got some haters as well. So you're also uh, one of the more controversial people. And we're going to be talking specifically about investment strategies, about Hexcoin, about the, uh, about the economy in general. But we're also going to talk about what do people do when they made a few 10 or a few hundred million, whatever you want to call it, dollars, euros, what do you do when you're basically rich? So we might um, also squeeze in a few topics like longevity, lifestyle, because I also saw videos of you on your Instagram doing some deadlifts and stuff like that. So we might also be talking about a few things besides only cryptocurrencies. Cool. Um, my community has not been interested in cryptocurrencies for the past two years, but now my inbox for the past th three months, people aren't only interested now in gold and real estate in businesses in business models like drop shipping, Amazon FBA and all that kind of stuff but people are getting very interested into investing in the cryptocurrencies once more because Bitcoin is rallying, PayPal accepts Bitcoin, and now people are getting interested. So maybe first question, how did you get into Bitcoin so early? Um, and are you a person that always um, looks for new trends? How was it possible for you to hit a jackpot like that? Well, you know, my first business, I started out of my front yard, um, just almost out of high school. I uh, <clears throat> needed to pay for some uh, dentist thing. Didn't have enough money. Dad didn't have enough money. So I started selling all the Carstair equipment that I had. And I noticed that the prices I was selling it for was about the prices that I paid for it. And I'd used it for two years. And I said, well, I must've got a really good deal. So what if I put out ads for stuff I don't have yet? So I just put out ads for stuff I could get a good deal on. People would call me and they say, yeah, I want it. And I go, all right, well, let's meet up. Give me half the money. I'll go get the stuff. And then you can give me the other half of the money. And then I would spend all day driving back and forth from my supplier, which is a, a place called Brandsmart, which is like a big electronic store. And then if you know the people that work there, they can give you like a really good deal, like a stupid good deal, a deal that is cheaper than what you get as an authorized retailer which I discovered later. So then I became an authorized retailer and I got worse prices and worse return conditions than I got piggybacking onto a larger retailer. That was just crazy to me. 
that the prices were so much better the gray market way than the white market way, right? So, <clears throat> so like, then I built up enough money to have an inventory and then have a store and then hired my first employee, which is a friend of mine. And then that freed me up to learn the next business, which was search engine optimization and how to get websites up at the top of Google for things. Then we had a client that did well with mortgages. And so we started a mortgage company and then we just started selling all kinds of different stuff on the internet and grew to about 150 employees. Um, we were doing like 60, 65 million a year, uh, in sales. And then I sold it and started traveling the world, you know, moved down to the third world, got robbed. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> traveled Europe, Asia, Australia, you name it. So it's like, I have been a serial success over and over and over again. You know, I retired in 2003. Bitcoin was invented in 2010. So I was already retired seven years when Bitcoin came out. And the reason I discovered it was because I was reading this website all the time when I was traveling called reddit.com. And back then the front page was just nerdy stuff, really nerdy stuff. Now I, I don't think the, the default uh, front page is the same. Communities tend to decay over time. Then you have to renew, go to new communities. So, you know, back then I saw when Bitcoin was less than a dollar. And then I saw when some guy sold his house for Bitcoin when it was a dollar. And then I saw the Wired article in the first quarter of 2011 that said, you know, they were using it on the dark net. I'm like, oh, it's got product market fit. Well, now it's actually, it's going to work. Being Bought used. the top, didn't even understand how order books worked, helped make the top. It was a 30 and then it went down to two. <laughs> like, oh. Held it, went up to 1200, went down to 266 went up to 20,000, went down to 3,000. Now we're at 16,000. It's funny, you know? So that's how I, uh, that's how I got into it. And you know, I was mining full blocks on my own with no pool, which are 50 Bitcoin block rewards each with my own computer. You know, I just had a good, strong computer for playing video games. You could use your video card. It just started to be able to use your video card to mine Bitcoin. You just double click an EXE, free money starts coming in. Now it sounds like bragging because like 50 Bitcoin is, you know, half a million dollars now. But uh, back then it was only $25. So it's like, sounds like bragging, but it's like, wow, you mined $25, you know, it's just funny. So Bitcoin doesn't matter how early you got in, it matters how long you held. <clears throat> a lot of guys got in really early and sold and they didn't get rich. Okay, so you got a lot of Bitcoin. Did you also invest in alternative coins and nope. <clears throat> I was so a Bitcoin maximalist at the time mm -hmm. because I, I literally, I didn't even know that other coins really existed because I like, I would read Reddit all the time and the Bitcoin subreddit is so well moderated. Any mention of any other currency whatsoever is instantly deleted. So because I only used Reddit as my news source, I didn't even know that there were good other currencies being created. I didn't even know. The, the, I was starved of that information. And then the reason that I came out public was because Ethereum's market cap was starting to surpass Bitcoin's market cap. And I had a big bag of Bitcoin, didn't have any Ethereum. So I had to start coming out and saying bad things about Ethereum because it was a very easy target at the time to protect my bag. So the only reason I came <laughs> out in 2017 publicly is because my Bitcoin bag was being threatened by Ethereum. And now I've switched. Like, like Ethereum just continued to, to kick ass and Bitcoin stagnated and now Ethereum is like vastly better. So it's, it's funny how you have to update your worldview. So, you know, 
there used to be a time when it was very easy to make fun of Ethereum for certain things. And now it's not like now it's awesome. So, but, but people get stuck that they, they don't update their worldview when, when new information appears and that's how you get wrong. Like Michael, Michael Jackson, right? Did people love him? Yes. Is he dead as hell? Yes. Why? Cause he couldn't take good advice. You know, people are like, Hey, stop trying to sleep with propanol and whatever. Stop doing that stupid crap. People can't take good advice. So they just end up with bad results. Me, I, you know, I always stay learning. I always learn the new thing or even build the new thing. So, <clears throat> yeah, we tend to want to protect our own ideas and we don't want to admit that we're maybe wrong or we maybe have to update. If you our switch to ideas. the right side, you can protect your new, correct your idea. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly, there's no, there's yeah. no pride in staying wrong. It's just stupid. Yeah. So <clears throat> when did you find out about Ethereum and other coins? I don't actually remember the date. Like, uh, yeah. I, I don't remember the exact time. Okay. It's a good question. And how did you figure out that Ethereum, in your opinion, is better than Bitcoin? Well, you know, I was really upset in 2017 that people were getting so rich on things that were stupid. Now, eventually they all went to zero. So I was right. But before I was right, a lot of people made hundreds of millions of dollars on retarded, stupid, terrible things. It made me very upset. So I had to, I basically, it may have been that that was the reason that I learned about the technology, the Ethereum technology. And then uh, it's like, there's a saying that the market can stay irrational longer than you can stay solvent, which means that if you open a short position on things that suck, you will get liquidated. And then eventually the market will go your way. But you can't withstand the, the amount of stupid the market can be. So even though like 99% of ICOs went to zero, if you tried to short them, if there was a market to short them and you tried to, you would have lost all your money because they went up, you know, insane levels beforehand. It's easier for scams to actually go up in price because there's no metric by which you can say, okay, it's, it's actually bad. So like, so if like if a fake bullshit scam project launches, how do you measure product market fit? Well, you don't because there's no product market fit because the product doesn't exist yet. It's not like a real, like if you have a real product with real customers and you see the numbers going down, your brain's like, okay, that's worth less than it was yesterday because you have less customers. But if people start throwing money into something that doesn't have any customers at all, well, then it can never be less, right? So there's a funny skit on this uh, show called Silicon Valley where, uh, you know, the guy's talking about how they're going to fund their servers by, you know, onboarding new users. And the, the guy that invested is like, users? No, hold on. We don't want users. Never, never. We're always going to be pre-launch. Because if you're pre-launch, the sky's the limit. But if you start getting real users, it's never enough. There's no number of real users that would ever satisfy. And then you're like, yeah, that, that's actually how it works. Crazy, that. <laughs> so <clears throat> You can't get measured. Yeah, people's, I mean, people don't understand how markets really work. So when people buy the S&P 500, they don't even fucking know what's in there. They don't know what the 500 things are. They don't give a shit. If people buy Coca-Cola stock, do you think that they're like experts on sugary beverages? And they could tell you the like chemical differences between Coca-Cola and Pepsi? They don't give a fuck. They don't care. They just want to make money. And it is that way in everything. People buy Apple stock, they buy the S&P 500, they buy the NASDAQ index, they buy all these things because they want to make more money. That's fine. That's good. That's fine. 
Okay, we live in a world where the banks are stealing our money with inflation constantly, and especially in Germany because you guys love actual cash. And yeah. what happens when you're sitting on actual cash? Or I think you guys may even have negative interest rates in some places. If you're if you deposit more than a hundred grand, then you're getting into negative interest territory. Dude, I mean, what could be stupider? They're literally, oh, you saved your money? Yeah, we're just gonna rob you. It used to be if you saved your money, you would get a return. So now that we live in that that free helicopter money bullshit world where savers are being robbed every day, you know, they look for alternatives. And a lot of the alternatives they turn to are misinvestment and mall investment, which is why you have a boom and bust bubble cycle, why everything keeps getting more expensive forever. If you're a kid and you graduate high school now, how the hell are you ever going to own a house? I mean, they just get more ex like... <laughs> I mean, in Berlin, you have some cheap, uh, some cheap property, but in a lot of other countries in Europe, man, you can't buy anything. It's just too expensive. And, and you, even if you save like 20 grand a year, after 20 years, you still can't buy anything. You're like, well, uh, so at what point can any normal human ever actually own anything ever again? And then the banks own everything. And that gets bad enough that you end up with a revolution at some point. So you better hope that the air conditioning and the, uh, the pizza delivery and the cable boxes keep working because it's the only thing preventing revolution pretty much. Like, um, in, um, in Berlin, they actually put caps on rent so that it's, it, it's really turning, turning into... It's not that good of an idea, truthfully. Not that good of an idea. It's uh, turning into kind of a socialist place, to be honest. And the, the, the people who actually can afford to have houses or foreign people who come in, right. they yep. buy a property, they're like 10, 20 people, they're yep. buying one property and then they're actually building the house with their own hands. So they're not paying these expensive prices yep. because they're actually producing the house they live in themselves. Well, that sounds kind of cool actually. I like that part. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your, car, your culture will be replaced. Sorry for you, um, but uh, yeah. at least there'll be cool houses. <laughs> yeah, Angela I mean, Merkel is uh, is really. It's like it's like visiting Vancouver. It's it's just different, man. It's China, but in Canada. You're like, all right. I've well, been there ten. Interesting. Ten years ago, yeah. So no. be before we dive into hex coin now, sure. do you think it's not coin? I don't I don't want you to slap Sorry. the coin on there. <laughs> Sorry, hex. Yeah, it's okay. Hex. I work really hard for brand and and yeah. branding and imagery and. It's just hex. So it's it's hex with nothing else? Yeah. Yep. So it's only hex. Yeah. It's like if you want to make a photocopy of something, yeah. You Xerox it. Okay. Now they you know, that ended up being bad for them because they lost their trademark protection because their the word that they used became a commodity, but it was used as a verb. So, you know, it's unlikely that hex will turn into a verb and lose its trademark protection. So I'd prefer it's just called hex. Like Bitcoin itself is actually a very shitty brand name, a compound generic. So, so people, I'll give you guys, since people watching are business people and I am a fucking wonderful business person, I will give you some uh, branding tips. One, compliment yourself. Trump is president. Look how that worked out. So complimenting yourself is okay these days. Maybe one day it'll be penalized, but until then being a cocky person, appears to work just fine. So I'm cool with that. And I'm a, I'm a fat American, loud, cocky. It's, it's what we're known for. <laughs> the, uh, the stereotypes are true. 
<clears throat> so what are the most valuable companies in the world? Apple. Okay. Um, does Apple sell fruit? Do they sell oranges? Do they sell apples? No, they do not. Google. What's a Google? Oh, and they even changed their name to Alphabet. Do they sell like Alphabet Soup? Do they sell like kids learning? Uh, no, they don't do those things. Okay, what are some other popular companies? Yahoo. Okay, what's a Yahoo? Okay, what are some other profitable companies, right? Tesla. Uh, Amazon. Are they like in, the, in South America? Like where? <laughs> no. Okay, so what are we learning here? What are we learning? We're learning that if you want to have a successful brand, your name better make no sense. Why? Because it's high risk, high reward. In the beginning, people are going to be like, ah, that name don't make any sense. But if you stick around for a while, you carve out a new space in everyone's minds that only you fill and they don't confuse you with anyone else. That's very important. So being called Hex is much better than being called Hex Coin. Because I mean, oh, coin, I know other coins and those mm -hmm. coins suck. Okay, well, I'm not interested in that. We're different. We're better. I don't want coin in there. Um, you also can't misspell it. So some, some people say Bitcoin. It's, it's weird. I have no idea why, but they do. You know, some say like in the, in the coin business, you've got Bitcoin, Bytecoin, uh, like every permutation of the word coin and something else. And it's the absolute worst thing you can do for branding is that everyone's names are so similar that you can't even tell what anyone's talking about. So block and bit and coin and bite and chain, mix those up and just throw in a random noun like stone or rock chain or rock block or whatever. And then yeah. it's just a massive crap. That's all garbage. It's horrible branding. Hex is fantastic branding. So when you look at our logo and a line of all the other logos, ours stands out. Why? We've got maximum contrast. These are diametrically opposed colors. We've got a gradient, which is hard to print. So if you want to print this, you have to print it on vinyl or else you don't get this magenta. If you do direct to garment, this turns purple here, not magenta. So what else do we do? This is easy enough where you could stencil it and graffiti it if you wanted to, because it's a simple geometric shape. It's, it actually, so I designed the logo, right? Um, we show geometric growth where you go from a little to a lot to a lot up in this direction, just like on a price chart. So we have the best logo. We have the best name. You can't misspell it. It's also the most futuristic imagery. If you watch any movie in the future, you'll see hexagons as the primary theme to indicate future and modern and like science. Like that's the future is hexagons. So it's, it's just amazing. Like it's the hex.com, three letter dictionary.com versus Bitcoin, seven letter compound word. They don't even own their own.com. No comparison. Like this is, we're better, right? So, and then we do this, we iterate through being better in a lot of other ways. And you know, this is just kind of the, the things I'm telling your users about because they could use these in their own businesses. So if you're thinking about naming your business something that makes sense, you really shouldn't. Really, you shouldn't. And companies that had names that make sense, change them so that they're weird again because it's more effective. <clears throat> yeah, I actually just read 22 laws of immutable, uh, 22 immutable laws of branding and uh you just laid pretty much branding information out so people listen up rewatch it take notes and analyze what your company name and uh, logo should 
sound like, look like, and stand for to be, to, to if, not if you, be put into a pot with all the other competitors. And if you have to spell it for people, change it. There's nothing worse than, than homonyms, which is two words that sound identical but are spelled differently. So, so for instance, if you have the word bite, all right, well, is that B-Y-T-E or B-I-T-E? Really depends on whoever registered it. Yeah. Nightmare, you know? Um, like, the, I can't remember all the other instances you run into of that, but you, if you can't just say it to somebody and you have to spell it, like I used to have a domain called Strape, which was uh, like a mix of strawberry and grape, similar to Skype. Yeah. But every time I would tell people it, I'd have to spell it. And it sucks so bad to, to continue to do that. I, would, I vowed to never, ever need to spell my brand to anyone ever again. So good, I just mixed that up. So we got an extra branding lesson. Yep. <laughs> so uh, what I wanted to ask before we uh, really dive into Hex is, you just said Trump is president. It's looking like Biden is going to be yeah, president. Sure. And yep. it's looking like he's going to be printing a lot of money because what he said is he's for more lockdowns, um, he's for more helicopter money. So do you think a Biden presidency will speed up the rise of cryptocurrencies and alternative assets and inflation? You know, everyone has always thought that about the Democrats. But then when you look at the chart, the Democrats have always spent less money than the Republicans mm -hmm. by a lot, by a shitload. I mean, the only time the budget was ever balanced was under Democrat, under Clinton. So it's, it's, it's this myth that Democrats like to spend more because they care more about people and want to, like, you know, socialize shit. But in the end, they actually end up spending less. The Republicans always spend more. They do more wars. They do more give the oil people rebates. They do more tax breaks and shit. And if you're already rich, that's good for you. So now the middle class is going to get fucked more the lower class is going to get fucked more and the billionaires are just going to do better. So, okay. I mean, if that's the game, because if, if you think about it, if you own assets, the money printing doesn't, if you price everything in ounces of gold, everything still costs the same. So like your house costs the same ounces of gold now that it costs like 200 years ago, your car costs probably about the same. The stuff, like when you, when you compare the price of things in other things, the ratios are all very similar over time. The only thing that changes is that the money becomes less and less valuable. And so the prices of stuff in money, call it dollars or euros, always goes up over time. So if you're holding assets, the inflation to you doesn't really matter because your asset inflated in its price and then if you sell your asset that inflated, you can go buy all the other assets that inflated. So the only people that get fucked are the people that are sitting either on no assets and just earning cash and then their, their wages go less far, or the people that have saved and are sitting on cash. And now you can't buy anything because all the prices are higher. So this, this concept of helicopter money, it just makes the rich richer and the poor poorer, and that's it. So savers that are sitting on cash, and people that don't have any savings and then just have a wage, those people get fucked in a helicopter money environment 
And all the rich people, they just get more money. So right now, everyone has no work. Entire industries are put out of business. Travel industries, ruined. Cruises, ruined. Airlines, ruined. Luggage companies, ruined. Everybody's ruined. But new all-time highs in the NASDAQ, new all-time highs in the S&P 500, touching very close to new all-time highs in Bitcoin. Uh, new all-time, like house prices haven't moved down at all, even though there's for rent signs everywhere. Hmm, okay, well, I guess the economy is really very loosely actually tied to the market. The market can do its own thing, and the economy is kind of like optional in a print money environment. So there's, there's your economics lesson. <laughs> so in also- summary, Republicans always spend more than Democrats, even though everyone thinks the Democrats spend more than Republicans. And if you're already rich and sitting on assets, go ahead and do as much helicopter money as you want. Everything you own is going to go up in price. Yay, it's all more valuable now. But it's not really more valuable because the shit you would buy, like if you sold your asset to buy other stuff, that stuff went up in value too. So your ratios are all still the same. The only people that get screwed are the people that have saved cash and are sitting on it and the people that have wages. And that's it. That's also another branding lesson because the Republicans managed to get the brand that they do less spending. So perception is reality. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's a great point. Yeah, it's what's like, you could look on the chart and you're just like, deficit under Republicans, deficit under Democrats. And it literally does this. And you're like, yeah, that's real obvious. <laughs> like, there's no, no question. <clears throat> okay, so when did you come up with the idea to create Hex? It's funny. Sometimes you accidentally hit on amazing things. So originally I was like, all right, I'm launching a coin. It's the maximum highest possible return on investment you could ever possibly do. I'm launching a coin. All right. What's the best coin I can launch? Well, it would be cool if like, uh, the coin did real work and made a difference in the world. All right. So let's, uh, instead of doing wasteful proof of work where you're just burning electricity all the time, let's do useful proof of work and, uh, and mine solutions to kind of like hard science problems. So I had a buddy that wrote some computational fluid dynamics software. I was like, all right, we're going to tokenize and turn into a proof of work system, this uh, CFD computation. It was too hard to do. It was insanely hard to do, like insanely. So I'm like, all right, we're going to rotate. <laughs> we're pivoting. It's too hard. So what's a little easier and still awesome? All right, let's take uh, Bitcoin value and allow it to transmit over this new better network, the Ethereum network. And we'll just give uh, free coins to all the people that have Bitcoin. Okay, let's do that. That's an okay idea, right? And then I thought, well, why don't we make sure that people actually adopt it and use it? Slap some game theory on there. Because, like, I, you know, made millions and millions of dollars on affiliate programs. And I'm like, well, let's, let's do an affiliate program for this. So I start slapping the game theory on there. And the game theory turns out to be insanely good. Insanely and it changes the product from what it was originally designed or in, in, like idea, the idea originally was to just transmit Bitcoin value on Ethereum. And then it turns into something that's more valuable than Bitcoin and more valuable than Ethereum, which is in the United States, so Bitcoin was designed to be a replacement for currencies because they constantly inflate them. It's a bad deal. So Bitcoin was designed to appreciate in value and replace currencies 
That's what it's designed to do. And so far, it's failed entirely to do that. It has no adoption. No one uses it for actually buying stuff. No one carries it around in their wallet, uses it. There's, there's slow as hell. You got like, if you do a large value, you're supposed to wait an hour before you like actually give the person the stuff because the, the transactions could be rolled back. You know, it's had two inflation bugs where anyone could mint as many free coins as they wanted. Back in 2010, someone did and they had to roll the chain back. And then a year and a half ago, it happened again, but this time someone disclosed it instead of using it. And then they fixed it before someone could do it. That's a lot of problems, right? But it's still the highest appreciating thing that's ever existed. It's up 1.6 million X right now from 11 years ago. That's a lot of X. 1.6 million X is a lot of X from a penny to $16,000. So who really gives a shit about any of those other things? So it ended up being a store of value. Fine. Okay. It's a store of value. Doesn't do currency. Fine. That's okay. It's up 1.6 million X. It's enough, right? You can't buy coffee with Berkshire Hathaway stock either, but it did 20% returns for 50 years. So that's enough, you know? Now, Let's talk about uh, currency. How much currency is there in the United States and China? $5 trillion printed. Okay. How much money is locked in time deposits in the banks in the United States and China? $7.2 trillion. Okay. Well, it's a 50% larger market. So by adding game theory to hacks, it turned into the world's first blockchain time deposit because we built time deposits, which is a larger market than Bitcoin addresses. And we also do payments better, higher throughput, cheaper, more secure, uh, anonymity. If you want it, it's all there. So we do, we do what Bitcoin does better than Bitcoin. And we have another feature, which is more, more valuable than what Bitcoin was ever designed to do in the first place. And that was, it was just through me thinking about how to make something the best that I could. So I started with an idea that was pretty good. And then by happenstance and luck, I ended up making something that was insane. Just like, wow, it's so good. So the price this year went up 263X this year. This year, if you bought January 5th and you held till a couple of days ago, maybe like a week or two ago, you made 26,300% on your money. You let me know where else in the world you can do that. You can't do it anywhere. It's not possible. Oh, and guess what? No AML, no KYC, no sign up. You're minting your own rewards. It's just you and your own software and your own code. Just like Bitcoin miners mine their own Bitcoin, they create them out of thin air. Hex is the same way. You create your own rewards. So it's like, <laughs> it's so good. It's, I mean, I designed, like, my design attention became how do I make the highest appreciating asset that's ever existed in the history of mankind? So Bitcoin uh, did 1.3 million X, 1.6 million X now from a penny to 16,000. Ethereum did 10,000 X in two and a half years from 15 cents to $15,000. Hex is better designed from a game theory and economics perspective than either of those two currencies. And it so far is doing what it was designed to do. It's out appreciating them wildly like the chart if you if you put hex on a chart with all the other top cryptocurrencies hex does this and all the other ones have moved so little in comparison they've moved up like 150 percent this year like bitcoin's up maybe like 120 percent this year and hex is up twenty six thousand. 
So you can't even see the other currencies movement. They're just like flat dead lines is where we're at now. And there's a big, uh, a big payout coming up on November 19th of about $2 billion worth of X that's getting credited to all the stakers. That only happens one time. It's about 30% of the supply. And after that, it moves to lower inflation than Bitcoin ever had on its path to $20,000. It moves to 3.69% max. And it's delayed because it's only paid out at the end of stakes and the average stake is four and a half years. You tell me one other system in the world, anywhere in the world, where people will lock up their money for 15 years. Some guy came along maybe a week or two ago. He put in $8 million, bought uh, a billion hacks, locked it for 15 years. What do you think happens to a currency where people come along, buy a few million dollars of it, and lock it for 15 years? He can't sell. He literally cannot sell. Uh, the price goes up. <laughs> exactly. And then and from his perspective, he's doing great because if you look at the interest that he's making, uh, on the first day that he was staked, he made 15 grand that day. And then in X, if you multiplied that by 365, he's making like 4 million a year on an 8 million investment. So he's making like 50% a year interest, which is a pretty good reward, pretty good reward. And that's just on his rewards as a staker. That doesn't include any of the appreciation. So you know how I told you like Hex did 263X this year? And you're like, oh, fuck, that's impossible. Because in anywhere else in the world, it is impossible. But in cryptocurrency, those numbers aren't that high, right? Bitcoin's at 1.6 million X. Ethereum right now, you know, if you'd bought it in 2005, I think, it was 30 cents. If you bought it on Kraken when it wicked down, 15 cents. Now it's $500. So that's like a 400X or something. That ain't bad, man. That ain't bad. So if you made if you made 20% interest in a year, your 263x actually gets multiplied by another 1.2. So you're at like, th you know, 300x, basically. Where can you do that? You can't do that anywhere else. And it can't be shut down. It can't be stopped. It's immutable, including the markets. So if you want to get out of Hex and into a stable coin that's tied to the dollar... You do that totally on chain with no counterparty risk, no exchange to screw you, no exchange to make you take selfies. It's a completely amazing revolution. That has never existed before. That, that mechanism that I'm telling you about, where you can go on chain, just you and your software, just you and your computer, just you and the code, and get out of crypto volatility and into something stable with no counterparty risk, that has only existed in volume for about three or four months now. And to tell you how big of a deal that is, this is called decentralized finance. To tell you how big of a deal that is, the biggest, most liquid market for Ethereum in the entire world is on chain now, not in some centralized exchange that, that destroys your privacy, holds your coins, makes you beg for your own money, gets hacked and loses millions of dollars. This year, KuCoin was hacked. I think Binance was hacked. I know they were hacked for like 40 or 50 million, but I just can't remember within the last 12 months or maybe it was like 18 months. Uh, OKX, founder arrested. Guess what? He's got the keys to the cold wallet. No one has received any withdrawals from OKX, which has like 300,000 Bitcoin, which is like $5 billion worth. No one's gotten a withdrawal in three weeks, coming up on four weeks now. Cryptocurrency was designed to get rid of middlemen, but people keep giving their coins to middlemen because they're idiots. Hex solves that. You can get interest and gains holding your own keys, your own coins, 
no one can steal them from you. It's a, it's, well, I mean, I guess if you lost your seed words or your private keys, they could be stolen. But if you, if you control your keys, no one can steal them from you. Like it's you, there's no other, like you're not giving your keys to some other guy, <clears throat> which happens all the time. I mean, the number of hacks that have happened while well, hex has been a hundred percent uptime is just crazy. Um, so yeah, that, that de decentralized finance revolution where we're replacing exchanges with code, it just became amazing now. And, and the most liquid market that's $1.5 billion of Ethereum sitting in an order book that you can sell into or buy into, it's, it's on chain now. There's no thicker order book anywhere in the world. So you get the least slippage with no counterparty risk. It's totally amazing. And in Bitcoin, you get none of that. All those features I just told you about, none of them are in Bitcoin. Absolutely none of them. So you got to come into the Hex ecosystem to start to play around with these things. So I guess we're going to have to pump this video out even earlier <laughs> as, as we were planning on. So I got two groups of people. Mm -hmm. I got the group of people. They're like, okay, I want to put maybe five, 10 or 20 grand into Hex. And I want to know what's my money going to turn into in maybe one three or five years. That's about the time horizon the people are looking mm -hmm. at. Yep. And the second group of people are people who have a lot more money and they're like, look, how can I make 10 or 100 million mm -hmm. euros if there's going to be a euro in a few years? Because a lot of people are speculating uh, euro crash, dollar crash, whatever. Those guys so, are all going to be wrong. Like every, yeah. everyone that... People have this hard-on fantasy that if everything else gets fucked up, they're going to do great. This is, this is why I love watching zombie movies and apocalyptic movies, and I think everyone else loves watching them too. It's because it makes you feel more important. Oh, everything's all fucked up? Okay, well, now my decisions really matter. And I think that <laughs> men, we really want to lead and, and solve things, and apocalyptic movies like amplifies our role in the world. That's me theory crafting. some good guesses. People have that feeling in regards to currencies. Oh, if the fucking dollar would just go to zero, everything would be better. No, no, it fucking wouldn't. It really wouldn't. Like we have the least war we've ever had. We actually have the least violence we've ever had. We just have the most invasive news and the most clickbait. So it seems like everything's way shittier, but everything's actually way better than it used to be. So I'll give an example. Cryptocurrency guys. By the way, part of the reason why I'm, quote, controversial is because I tell you the truth. I've got fuck you money. I've been retired for 20 fucking years. I will do what I want, you know? So I'm a, what I want to do is tell the truth. Bitcoin was supposed to be the hedge against the stock market. Decorrelated asset. Okay, decorrelated asset. So that means they move in price differently. Yeah, that's what that means. Okay, well, COVID comes along. What happens? Stock market drops 20%. All right. What's Bitcoin do? Drop 65% in two weeks. Oh, shit. What happened to the decorrelated? All gone. All gone. You got to learn. You got to learn from reality. So everyone that was begging for a stock market crash to drive Bitcoin up. Oops. Oops. Oh, and then what happens? The stock market recovers and makes new all-time highs. So what does Bitcoin do? Recovers more. So it's a risk-on asset that, that because it has a lower liquidity pool amplifies the movements of the legacy markets. So if the stock market goes up, Bitcoin goes up more, Ethereum goes up more, Hex goes up more.
because they're thinner markets. So the S&P 500 is the thickest order books. It takes the most energy to move, so it moves up the slowest. Bitcoin moves up with it, but it moves farther because the order books are thinner. Ethereum moves up with that, but it goes farther because the order books are thinner. Hex goes up with those, but its order books are thinner, so it goes farther, right? And you end up with these, these amplified pseudo leverage positions that amplify the volatility of a core thing because they're all interchangeable with each other and they're all tied together by the liquidity in their order books. And then what you do is you have, you do have some choosing of winners and losers. So for instance, the gains that you'll get on something that's less than a year old are likely to outperform the gains on something that's five years old in general because it's, it's easier to exponentially grow the number of users. It's easier to exponentially grow the amount of money that's invested. But even Bitcoin, if you look at its chart, it did this and then started to teal, tilt over and still doing amazing things, but you can see that it's getting heavier. It's, it's pulling over like a flower. That's what it looks like on the exponential chart. So, you know, if you're a chartist and a technical analyst like I am, you care about the chart, you care about the price, there's nothing more important than the price. People talk about, oh, I'm in it for the technology. Nobody is in this for the technology. Everybody is in it to get rich, and that's totally fine because that's what everyone is in every other thing they own for, right? Even houses became a method to get rich. Even houses, the things you live in, were turned into a, a roulette wheel and betting with credit default swaps and, you know, uh, the pooling of uh, mortgage-backed asset, mortgage-backed securities. Like, in a world where everyone's printing free money, everything is being turned into a game to make more money. Everything. So which thing is going to go up the most? Crypto. Because it has. It's proven. Like there's nothing. You are not going to find anything that outperforms crypto ever as long as you live. Ever. You, Hex did 263x this year, not including the interest. It's probably 400x with the interest. And if you're a long staker, it's even more. Because that guy's doing like 30, 40% interest a year. 50% last time I looked. It's insane. You can't do that anywhere else at all. And you've got regulatory arbitrage. Like if you want to play games and, you know, defer income and things like that, you got options in crypto. You don't have other places. <clears throat> so if people want to get up to like 10 or $100 million, mm -hmm. what would their strategy be for the people who have more free money? They got euros, they got Bitcoin, they got Ethereum. How much will they need to invest for what time span? Sure. So some of these questions have false binary choice kind of inserted in there. You could have put $1 in hex. You could have put 50 cents. You could have put 10 cents. You could have put 10 million. It, it, it doesn't matter how much you put. That, that, because it's like... If, if someone were, so I'm not a financial advisor, which I'm just saying is legally is to cover my ass. Yeah. I, if you compare me to financial advisors, I know a lot more than they do, which is why I'm rich and they're not. It's really that simple. So in general, you probably shouldn't take financial advice from people who are fucking broke. Yeah. Just saying, just saying, yeah. right? If people are actually smart, uh, they should be able to accrue wealth. And I've been a serial success my whole life. I've been retired for 20 years, retired at 25. So... What I care about, so like Hex launched, my quality of life just got worse. I got this pillow. This is what I got right here. I got a nice pillow. 
But nothing else in my life changes. I already got the best speakers. I got the best TV. I got the best mic. I got the best mic stand. My mic stand's 600 euros. You, whatever. I got the best of all the stuff, right? So my actual quality of life isn't changing based on, on how much money I have. But my pride and my glory and my wonderful feelings from building something amazing and crushing naysayers and doubters and just shoving it in their face. I love shoving the chart in all of their faces. Guy that founded Litecoin, it's like number four market cap coin, something like that. He said Hex was a, a scam, terrible investment because he didn't understand it, because he didn't look into it. You know, you go to the Hex website, it talks about price. Instantly, people's brains turn off. They're like, scam, can't talk about price. No, I can and I will talk about price. I'm sorry that you guys don't because it's the only thing anyone cares about. It's dishonest to not talk about price on your website when it's the only thing anyone cares about. So right on the front page of the Hex website, it says, yeah, this stuff dips all the time. Bitcoin's dipped to zero, basically, depending on what exchange you're on. Then it gets back up. Ethereum, Bitcoin dropped 65% in two weeks, a couple months ago on COVID. Ethereum dropped 75%. Bitcoin's dropped 85% more than three times. You're like, that's the reality. And I talk about it on my homepage on the front, not hidden. Who else does that in crypto? Nobody. Because I got the balls to tell the truth. And, and people are going to participate anyway because it's amazing. So why not tell them the truth? You know? So, so this founder, Charlie Lee, who dumped on all of his followers, by the way, sold the top, made the top, dumped on them all, lies about the development that's going on, which is none, by the way, or basically none. Uh, he talks shit. Year passes, I don't know, nine months, 10 months, something like that. I get to post on the thread. Hey, Charlie, uh, I got a comparison of your coin and my coin. My coin's up 70X over your coin, bitch. Now what? You're going to pretend that that didn't happen? Are you going to apologize? Are you going to block me? What are you going to do? Silence. Because I'm right and he's wrong. And this happens all the time. <laughs> I murder people on stream. Murder them. Because I'm right. It's just like, yeah. So... If, it, if you want you want to make money, I'll tell you how some people did it. You go on bitstamp.net. Why do I suggest bitstamp.net? They've been around since like 2013, long time in crypto. They don't sell margin trading that you guys will all get wrecked on. If you margin trade, you're losing all your money. If you trade at all, you're losing all your money. Trust me, you're going to lose all your money. I refer people to bitstamp. They don't do margin trading. So harder for you to screw up and get wrecked. They don't sell so many garbage coins. Harder for you to screw up and buy the wrong thing. Go to bitstamp.net, buy Ethereum. You're going to sign up. You're going to send them a selfie. You're going to buy Ethereum. Now, you go to go.hex.com or just hex.com. You can turn that Ethereum into Hex. But the mechanism to do that goes away in like five days. Can't do it anymore. Right now, you commit your own Hex, turn Ethereum into Hex. You can even self-refer yourself, get a 32% bonus. Click refer. Click your own link. Cool. Now you can make 32% more. As long as you didn't click someone else's referral link. You just clicked yours. That goes away soon. When that goes away, you're going to have to go to the market. And when you go to the market, you're going to push the price against yourself. So right now there's like $7 million liquidity, $8 million liquidity. If you put in another $4 million, the price jumps up 4x. Now people could sell into that and push it back down. But if in a single market order, you, you put in 4 million bucks, you're quadrupling the price of Hex. So it's kind of good to scale in if you're a larger guy. Or to get in now when you have extra liquidity from the adoption amplifier existing. 
Um, yeah, that for people that did that, I mean, we've got guys that have paid off home loans, not home loans, but I mean, there's a guy that put in, uh, 750 bucks, pulled out 30,000, paid off his student loans and sent me the best thank you video I've ever received in my whole life. This guy's been, I used to do self-help videos, teach people how to quit playing video games, give good apologies, have better relationships. I've written a couple self-help books, which you can download for free if you want, t.me forward slash sci-vive. And, uh, you know, it makes you want to cry when this guy tells you how, you know, you, he can spend more time with his family now because he's got more free time and how he, you know, doesn't waste his time playing video games anymore because of some videos you've seen of his. It really touches you. And I'm getting more messages like that all the time from people that, I mean, this is life-changing wealth for people. If you can turn $750 into 30000 real dollars, and why, why can that happen? The reason that can happen is because some other guy put in $8 million and locked it for 15 years. So that $8 million is providing the gains for all these guys that got in earlier. So it's, it's like if people, it's people's belief in the system that allows the system to be successful. And you know what else has that property? absolutely everything else that trades in a market stocks why do stocks go up and down expectations oh the stock beat expectations price goes up oh the stock didn't meet expectations price goes down so everything in like value is a human created thing doesn't exist without humans there is no value without human consciousness so value is a side effect of human consciousness there's never been anything that i've seen in my life where people will come in, put millions of dollars and lock it for 15 years. I've never seen it before. I've never, ever, ever seen anything like that before. It's amazing. Like I did, I didn't know that you could even, I built it into the system, but I didn't know how many people would use it that way. And it's just amazes me every time I see it. <clears throat> so when I put in 10 K or 20 K is the difference going to be uh, linear or is the difference in three or five years going to be a 10 X difference or a 50 X? Oh no. Like you, the amount of it's, it's linear. It's just linear. Okay. So if you're, if you're a whale, you will push the price up when you enter the market. And that particular movement is exponential. It moves up as a function of a square. So if you double the bid side, so like there's, there's like three and a half million on the bid side, maybe 4 million now. Um, if you put in another 3.5, the price goes up 4x. So that's exponential. But with this other liquidity pool, the adoption amplifier, which is only available for five more days now, while that's still there, that doesn't have the same type of exponentiality. So you can get in without sliding the market against you. Um, but you're not talking about those technical trading things. What you're talking about is you're wondering if, if you put in more, if you're going to make more, no. So if you put in $10 and you make a 263X, you made 10 times 263. If you put in $1,000, you made 1,000 times 263, pretty okay. much. Because those numbers yeah. are small enough, you're not sliding the market on, on exit. Those are tiny numbers. You're not going to impact the market with, with tiny amounts like that. If you start to play with larger amounts, you're going to need to be more tactical about your entry and exit to get other people to take the other side of the trade to reduce your slippage, basically, to act as pseudo-liquidity by extending your time. So like we do have a feature called bigger's pay bigger pays better, but it only pays a little bit better. If you want to make more in hex longer is what you do. Cause you can make three times the interest 
if you if you stake for a day, you're going to make interest. But if you stake for a year, you're going to make 20% more. If you stake for two years, you're going to make 40% more. If you stake for three years, you're going to make 60% more. Shares, like your, your interest in goes up by 60%. Where does that come from? We copied it from the normal legacy CD. The normal legacy time deposit pays you 20% more every extra year that you lock. And I thought, well, why don't we copy what already works for $7.2 trillion of money? Why don't we copy the same parameters that they're using in the bank and pay you 20% more the longer you lock? Now, if less people lock up their hacks, your inflation rate shoots up. So the, the currency inflates 3.69% maximum per year. This big payday in, in, nine, in November 19th, that inflates like 30%, but it's given to people that can't sell because the average, it's, it's minted at the end of people's stakes and the average stakes four and a half years. So you're not going to see that inflation for a very long time, if ever. I mean, people might, people might uh, stake, get their big payday, unstake, and then just restake again. You don't know how much of that will ever actually hit the market. So if only 1% of people were staked, so you've got a currency that's this big, and then a sliver of it, you've got a currency that's this big, and then a sliver of it is earning interest. But it's earning interest on that giant piece. So if we, if we have a system that inflates lower than Bitcoin ever did on its path to 20,000, so Bitcoin inflated, it, it, when it was 20,000, Bitcoin's inflation rate was 3.89%. used to be thousands of percent annualized in the beginning, which is how you go from zero coins to 18 million coins. You got to inflate a lot. So I targeted lower than Bitcoin's inflation rate, 3.69. It's a nice geometric growth figure, you know, a bunch of cool, cool things about that particular number. If, if you, only 1% of people are staked, they're going to make 369% interest. Why? Because the whole currency is inflating and it creates a very large amount of X, but you're just giving it to a few people. So they get outsized returns. Well, people look at those outsized returns and they go, well, I want a piece of that. And then they stake too. And so right now the total number of staking percent in Hex is about 14 or 15%, which leaves a lot of rewards for people in the system where the average staker right now makes like 28 or 29% the average stake makes about 28 or 29% now. That will, I believe, decrease over time. I think more people will stake, and I think you will see those numbers come down. But in the end, do you care more about the 28 or 29% that you're getting of new hex, or do you care about the 26,000% USD appreciation? The, okay, the, so the Right, so the in this system the most important component for yield is actually the USD appreciation. And it, it is a more important component than the, the, uh, the annual percentage, in my opinion. And we do have volatility and volatility is a feature. If you don't have volatility, how are you going to make money? If the price goes flat the entire time, you're not making money. As a matter of fact, if it's tied to the dollar, you're losing money. So you need volatility and you need order books that are just the right amount of thickness for your market participants to get price appreciation. Otherwise, the price is too heavy to, to move up. So in, uh, in Hex, we have had like an 85% dip, a 70% dip, another 70% dip, and then it just goes and makes new all-time highs. So what happens in those dips? People are given the opportunity to sell a top or to buy a top and sell the bottom and they lose money. Okay, and who makes their money? The guy that bought the bottom and sold the top is who makes the money. 
So, you know, Warren Buffett has a great quote that markets are places where the impatient go to give their money to the patient. And that's how it works. So delayed gratification is like all personal development is delayed gratification. It's choosing the long-term effective thing over the short-term thing. And Hex monetizes that. It monetizes time. It's the world's first blockchain city. It addresses a larger market than Bitcoin. It's more secure than Bitcoin. It's faster. It has higher throughput. It has more features. It's just fucking great. It's like, it's be- It's so vastly better than it needs to be. It's insane. Like, it's like, and then things are just dying all around us. Other poorly designed systems are getting crushed all around us. And yet people yell scam because they just see the gains and they see that I talk about price and they see the candles and they just can't understand that I've been at this longer than them. I understand it better than them. I've been more like, they're just outclassed. They're, their brains can't even comprehend that something this good could exist. So they just assume that it's crap. They assume it's a scam, right? Oh, the price went up 263 X. It has to be a scam. But it, Bitcoin's up 1.6 million X, you idiots. Explain that. Yeah. Ethereum's up uh, 3,000 X. Explain that. They're too stupid to get it. Like they just don't, Guys, here's the charts. 263X is not that insane in crypto. Like we have seen this before with other things that have product market fit early in their in their cycles. Like I understand it. They don't. And eventually they're just going to have to kneel. <laughs> this is how it is. So what would have happened if on January 5, 2020, I would have put 10 grand into Hex and I would have yep. used the best strategy and i would have pulled it out one week at the top ago. let me tell yeah. let me do the math yeah so i'm going to assume that you didn't have any slippage just to make the math easy yeah because i don't think when like i don't think you would have had much slippage buying at 10 grand um you would have 2.6 million dollars before interest if you were staked during that time uh, yeah. you would probably have like maybe an extra 10% because the, well, your rewards earlier when they're like the supply was lower, the inflation was lower. So I'm just going to say like, maybe you made like 6% extra just, so you really made like maybe 3 million bucks, something like that. No, now you would have some slippage exiting on 3 million now. Right. Um, so maybe that would reduce your gains a bit. So, you know, how, how big do you see the chance that that's going to be duplicated in the next well maybe so i i 12 to, months if i put oh, in 10 grand now i don't do what other people do other people will sell you some big dream and bullshit you and and, and give you forward-looking price statements that they shouldn't be giving I'm okay making forward-looking price statements with Ethereum. I'm okay making forward-looking price statements with Bitcoin and throwing guesses out there. For instance, I predicted the $20,000 Christmas when Bitcoin was $4,000 and I was right. And no one else got it right. I'd got it right. I called the multi-year bear market at 8,500. I was right. Nobody else had the courage to come out and do that because calling a bear market makes everybody your enemy. Nobody wants to hear that shit. Nobody. Not sexy. Nope. Everybody hates it. The only people that are okay with it are some traders that play the short side and there's just not many of them. So, you know, I, so as far as hacks, past performance is not a guarantee of future performance. A solar flare could hit and nuke all the electronics in the world. You know, uh, who knows? Jurassic park dinosaurs could come back and start eating people. Right. <laughs> so 
I don't want to bullshit you and tell you that I know what the price is going to do because every time the hex price is doubled, I had no idea it was going to double at that moment because it's a single individual deciding to put a big ass chunk of money in. I didn't know some guy would come along, buy a billion hex and stake it for 15 years. I had no idea. I'm amazed every time I see it. And when we have these 70% dips, I have no idea when they're coming or why, but I can see on chain who's doing the selling. I don't know their names, but I see their addresses. All right, he bought here. Now he's selling there. It's all public. It's all on chain. You can analyze it. There's even a, an app you can use to see who's making money and who's losing money called staker.app. You literally click people and see how much they made, how much they lost, how long they're staked for, when they got in, when they're getting out. It's amazing. Like this, it's the most public transparent trades in the world that have ever existed. They just don't have names tied to them. Like nobody knows who the name is. So I don't know when the price is going to double. I don't know when the price is going to cut in half. I do know that this is the best design thing I've ever seen. And that the performance historically has been absolutely insane. And that there's a ton of potential in the future because nobody in the mainstream knows about this yet. Nobody. The Even in crypto, because so many people call it a scam for so long because they didn't do their research, they were just stupid. There's been gatekeeping. So the largest site for comparing prices of, I'm not even going to mention it because they're gatekeeping us. So they don't deserve rewarded for bad behavior. But the largest site that people use to compare the price of one thing versus another thing has manually had hacks forced onto the third page when it belongs on the first page up at the top. It's been number six or number five market cap crypto in the world. So on sites like uh, TradingView and Nomics.com and uh, others, you'll see hacks where it belongs at the top and it's getting that press that it deserves. But on other very large sites, it's being starved of press um, just because it's so new and people don't understand how good it is yet. So that's an opportunity that when that, if those people fix their sites to accurately represent hacks where it belongs with the market cap that it has, it should be very simple. It's just math. There shouldn't be manual gatekeeping going on. Then there's a bunch of new eyeballs that have never seen hex before. When the mainstream press does its first article, I mean, I guess like Forbes India did some sponsored article on me. You're like, wow, great. Like who gives a shit about that? But I have the personality and the presentation skills and the backdrop to make a great impact on larger stages, right? Like I've been on RT television representing Bitcoin. I've been on stage with Swedish finance minister representing Bitcoin. You know, when COVID goes away and I'm able to like talk about things I enjoy again, like there's so much potential. There's so much potential that even in the crypto market in the mainstream market with this big payday coming up in five days, well, the 19th, but you got to be staked by the 18th to get it. And if you get your coins from an exchange, they hold them for a few days to make sure your payment was really good. So you got to get in now. Like if you want in before the big payday, you got to get in now. And some people think we're going to have a dip on the big payday because there's people that have got their stakes set to expire right after the big payday. So people see those stakes expiring and they figure some of them are going to sell. Maybe there is a dip on big payday. I don't know. Maybe that's a buying opportunity. So if you get in early, you're going to get this huge uh, payout and the share price is going to go up a lot. So right now, the share price is now 12% higher than it started. And it's going to ratchet up a huge amount after the big payday. It ratchets up every time someone ends a stake. So if, if you end your stake, the system makes sure that you can't buy back more shares than you just got paid. Because otherwise, you could compound. And then short stakes could outperform long stakes. So the system says, okay, how do we make sure that long stakes always outperform short stakes? By continually raising the share price to make sure that nobody can ever recompound 
to beat the long guys. And what that ends up with is a share price chart that only goes up forever. Now you're like, wait a second, only goes up forever. That sounds impossible. Nope, it's actually totally normal. It's an analog to compounding interest. And what does compounding interest do? It just goes up forever. So instead of, instead of compounding shares to the guys that have been in the longest, which is what you do in any compounding system, it's computationally inefficient because you're having to write data to thousands and thousands of entries. It's just easier to change a single cell, which is share price, and that goes up. And then the new guys get reduced by that number. So instead of amplifying old guys to outcompete new guys, you just reduce new guys and you don't have to change the numbers of the old guys. And it gives you this amazing share price chart. So I think the biggest single tick increase in the share price ever, like it could like double depending on how many people are staked, the share price could double on November 20th when people start ending their stakes and taking out their profit. Um, yeah, go to bitstamp.net, buy Ethereum. If you want to turn it into Hex, go to go.hex.com, click your own referral link if you want a 32% bonus. Um, you know, or you could hope for a dip and, you know, pray that you're there if it happens and pray that you hit the button on time. If you go in our chat room, I could refer you to a website where you can set up like limit orders, uh, t.me forward slash hex crypto. Now look, this isn't financial advice, right? That cryptocurrencies are very, very volatile. There's seven, there's been at least three 70% dips. I would imagine that this will continue to happen for as long as it is exists. So if you, if you have to get in and out within like a three week period and you buy a top, a local top and dip 70%, well, you're going to sell at a loss. So this is a system that really cryptocurrencies in general, if you have a crypto with product market fit, it rewards those can hold longer. You know, if you, if you bought Bitcoin at 30, like I did, and it dropped to two and you sold it, well, you're a sad boy, but then it went up to 1200. But what if you sold it there? Well, then you didn't get the 20,000. Okay. Well now we're at 16,000. Where's it going to go? You see what I mean? If you have a longer time horizon, crypto has been very rewarding to people. But if you have a short time horizon, man, you could sell at an 80% loss, you know? So. Yeah. So people, everyone who's watching, just put in 5% of what you got, put it in, put it in fast and keep it in. And we're going to put all the links down below how that works. And now we're going to talk about what do you think? I, I could give you one other trick. Yeah. If you only make one stake, and it becomes worth a lot, yeah. well, then you'll start looking at that emergency end stake button that you get penalized on, and those penalties reward everybody else. Yeah. If you make a few stakes, and they're spread out over time, you always have some money coming in. And then you're not as likely to, to threaten your long ones, you know? So it's, it's called a, a CD ladder in the normal world, where you just make a one-year, two-year, three-year, four-year, five-year, right? Whatever time frame you want. And then you do it over time, and it, you'll have a little bit lower return because you have a little bit lower interest because you're having some that are, you know, shorter. But you're less likely to emergency end stake. And you're less likely to, you know, it, it's just, it seems to me to be a more flexible, reasonable approach. So you don't have to just make one, one stake. You can make 100 stakes if you want. Yeah, so guys, if you're, if you're um, wondering what I'm going to do, I'm probably gonna uh, gonna be looking to put in like maybe a fifty or a hundred grand right now, real fast, and then even I'm, and then I'm gonna hope for it to go down, 
in a few days and then I'm just going to buy dollar again. cost average. Yeah. Then I'm just going to buy again. So <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. And I'm also going to be leaving it in for maybe two, three, four or five years. That's going to be my, you guys in Germany are really strategy. lucky with crypto. You guys are really lucky over there. You've got one of the most preferential tax setups ever. If you hold your crypto for a year over in Germany, exactly. there's no tax. Holy exactly. shit. Exactly. There's no wow. tax. Wow. So that's why all of us, we always keep it more than a year. It's amazing. It's normal for us. Yeah. It's amazing. And you've got, yeah. you know, I think there's okay on ramps over there too. There are some, I'm not an expert on it, but there's some exchanges and I mean, I think Bitstamp's just great. So I would just use Bitstamp. We've got a lot of exchanges. It's, 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 it's easy to, to get cryptocurrencies over here in Germany. Um, the banks also don't um, react strangely if you um, deposit money from all of the big pages, like for example, um, the one I use is Kraken. So Great. I just, yeah. So I just put the money back on. I've heard very good things about Kraken as well. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's K R A K E N dot com. Exactly, Kraken, which has the the yeah, and then there's also the decentralized ones for all the people who want more privacy. So there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities. And the now, only one I know for that is called localcryptos.com. dot com. I don't know any other ones. Local localcryptos.com. Cryptos. Yeah. C R Y. I think you guys in Germany tend to throw a K in there. We do cryptos yeah. with a K. Yeah. <laughs> in Germany? We actually have a big German following in Hex. Yeah. I mean, we've got a German Hex chat room called like I'm going to say it wrong, but like Cryptos Parbuch, something like that. Cryptos Parbuch. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what it means, but that's the most popular Hex German uh, channel. And I just tweeted out a German live stream with three German Hexicans yeah. doing, talking all the good stuff about Hex. Um, I wish it's, I could, like, if you go to my Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Richard Hart win, no spaces, twitter.com forward slash Richard Hart win. You know, yesterday you will see my tweet. Uh, that's the all German, German language hex dudes talking about it yeah we're gonna we're gonna put all of the twitter and instagram and that kind of stuff and crypto sparbuch means crypto savings account okay nice it means crypto because germans are more savers yeah they're not really that big on trading they're not that good. big on short-term kind of stuff good they're they're bigger on saving on compounding yeah. more long-term if um, you trade you're gonna lose all your money in crypto there's only two people two types of people that have gotten extremely wealthy founders of currencies and exchanges so founders yeah. and holders people that forgot they had their coins did the best yeah. because you're up 1.6 million x in 11 years I mean, you were up 2 million X in nine years in, in, well, in seven years in 20, at the end of 2017, like eight years, you were up 2 million X. Now you're up 1.6 million X. Uh, you can't beat that. You're not going to outperform yeah. that trading. You're going to lose your ass is what you're going to do. Yeah. 
Uh, by the way, I'm a quarter German. My grandfather was born in Berlin, so yay. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I can't speak the language, but maybe yeah. that's my drive to succeed. <laughs> Germans are, yeah. are successful people. We have made a very large impact on the global scene several times. Several times, yeah. Discipline. Almost took over the whole thing, you know? Oh Almost oh. took it all over. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> also, Germans, controversial. <laughs> yeah, yes. Controversial. True. Con con <laughs> controversial. But everywhere, everywhere you go as a professional and you say you're from Germany, they want to hire you on the spot because yeah. they think you're very disciplined. Yep punctual you're orderly yeah. you're competent so even though we got a lot of boo-boos in the past people still want to work with us yeah man if we you if you want to build things rap. the most precise instruments in the world are german yep period we still got a good rap <laughs> yeah great optics great switches great uh i mean bosch zeiss uh siemens yep you know yep. Exactly. BMW, Mercedes, <laughs> a lot of Porsche. really good stuff there, man. <laughs> so what do you think is um, Ethereum, especially with the 2.0 version coming out shortly and Bitcoin going to do? Software always comes late. Always. Absolutely. Always. Hex came out a year late to get security perfect. Um, yeah. You know, we got two security audits, one economics audit. Bitcoin has none of those things. So, you know, Software comes out late. So if you think Ethereum 2.0 is launching soon, it's not. They opened up a contract that you could deposit to, but you, I don't expect to see the Ethereum 2 network up anytime soon. could be years. Okay. Um, I think that Bitcoin will make new all-time high soon. Now, mind you, not a financial advisor, blah, 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 cover my ass. Yeah. You know, I think the macro environment is absolutely perfect for Bitcoin to make new all-time highs as is the S&P 500 and NASDAQ and everything else because they're printing the money. They're just printing an ass load of money. It's got to go somewhere. Okay, well, where's it going to go? It's going to go into equities and it's going to go in crypto. I mean, hell, even gold made new all-time highs this year. Yeah. So it, the number go up. All numbers go up. That's what we're doing with this helicopter money. Helicopter money was this thing that Ben Bernanke said where they could just basically fly a helicopter over cities and just throw money at people. Exactly, yeah. Well... That's what they do, kind of, but it just goes to rich people currently. It actually would work better if they did it the other way where the poor people got it first because their propensity to spend is higher, so you get a larger money multiplier effect. When they give this helicopter money to the rich people, they don't actually spend it. They just push up the asset prices. So if you give, if you give a rich business guy hundred grand, do you think he's going to create extra jobs with it? He's not. You wish he would. He's not. He's buying a fucking yacht or some other capital appreciating asset that's not people, right? That's So... You can't push with a string. You can pull with a string, but you can't push with a string. A lot of this money that they're throwing out there, it's just inflating prices. It's not creating real growth at all, at all. Which for crypto, fine. Okay, we're going to move faster. Great. But for the for the rest of the world, having infinitely higher prices for everything isn't isn't ideal. So I think I think Bitcoin will go on to make new all time highs. Uh, it will continue to be less exciting in its exponential growth because it's just a heavier and heavier market to move. You know, some guy buys 250 million of it. Price doesn't even move like 6%. Try and buy 250 million X, see what you, the price does. Try and buy 250 million ETH, right? Because Bitcoin's got a $200 billion market cap. ETH's got like a $20 billion market cap. And Hex has got like a $4 billion market cap. Yeah. So. <clears throat> so um, 
I got two more, two more hex questions. Sure. And one, and one, um, one other question. Hex isn't being mined, right? So in Bitcoin, you are polluting the environment. So it, the, the way that Bitcoin is secured is through proof of waste, which people call proof of work. And it works. It's just very bad for the environment because you have to produce waste. That's how you know that people are saying the right thing because they can only say it once because it's very wasteful to say things. So you have to say the true thing or you don't make money. It's signaling theory. If you go on Wikipedia and, and look up uh, animal signaling theory, that you'll find out animals do this too with colorful feathers and things that are expensive that have no other purpose than to prove that you what you're saying is true. Like, hey, I'm fit. How do you know I'm fit? Because look at all this stupid shit I got. If I, how can I support this stupid shit if I didn't already have my solid shit filled already, right? So, um, and we do this in humans as well. Hey, look, I have a $20,000 watch, yay. Yeah. I guess the retail on this is like sixteen five, I think, in euros. So yeah, it's like, so what are the downsides to that? In Bitcoin, every Bitcoin that's ever existed was created by a miner. I used to mine them. But then it got very expensive to do so and unprofitable as well because too many people were doing it. So Bitcoin miners become extinct over time. It gets more and more difficult. You're being forced out. Bitcoin miners go out of business all the time. And what do they do with the Bitcoin they mine? They sell them on the market to pollute the environment and give money to third world companies for their little chips. That's all they do. So it's a negative externality. The Bitcoin and Ethereum prices are both constantly being pushed down by miners selling the coins that they get to pollute the environment and pay electricity companies. Even though that sucks, the price appreciations have been fabulous because the amount of awesomeness of onboarding new users has exceeded the amount of suck of having to pay those block rewards. So in Bitcoin, miners get paid to dump the price. In Hex, stakers get paid to hold the price up it's amazing. You don't have, as a hex staker, you either mine your own block, which no one does, or pay some other Ethereum miner to mine the block for you, which everyone does, a dollar to lock up your coins. And then you wait, and then you pay like a dollar or $10 or whatever the fees are that day to mint your rewards and mint your coins again. Because they get burnt when you, when you lock them, and then you remint your principal and your interest when you and your stake. So that whole time that the system is operating and doing amazing things, you have no costs, you have no overhead, and neither does anyone else. So there's no one selling down the price all the time to pay to pollute the environment because we're piggybacking on a network that's already enduring that suck. So it's like, imagine a system where you're monetizing the only thing price actually cares about, which is buying and holding, and you're getting people to buy in and lock for 15 years. And there's no negative externalities of having to pay miners to sell the price down to pollute the environment. It's amazing. Like, it's just absolutely fantastic. You, you, can't, you can't think of anything better. There, there may have never been anything better in the entire world ever. That's how good it is. It's like, it's just insane. Like I made, I invented something that is absolutely even better than I could have dreamed. I got very... I'm awesome. I wanted to build something amazing. And then it turned out vastly more amazing than I would have anticipated. 
there's this emergent, I disc, I watch live streams about hacks and I learn new things about my own invention that I didn't anticipate. I'll give you an example. I said, okay, share price always going up. Boy, that's going to be amazing, like, amazing looking chart. People are going to love that. If you're a miner, your equipment becomes worthless. If you're a stakeholder, a shareholder in hacks, your shares become more and more valuable. You'll never get a lower share price than today. It only goes up. Can't beat that. Beautiful game theory. I didn't know this. People will emergency end stake their, their uh, stakes early to then lock them up for longer. So they will pay an emergency end stake penalty, which rewards other people that aren't themselves, like other stakers, just to have the opportunity to lock their coins for longer, to earn more shares, to get a bigger piece of this big payday that's coming November 19th, and to earn a larger amount of interest over time. I never anticipated that ever, anyone would ever do that. It never even occurred to me. I was like, wow, okay. Uh, didn't, didn't know that would happen. What, I mean, I've seen, like, this, this, uh, this automated market maker system that now has, I told you, $1.5 billion of Ethereum on the bid side, that didn't exist when Hex was being built. It had no liquidity. It had no usage. Hex made it popular. Hex is the reason that that now is as wildly popular as it is because we were 40% of the volume and 40% and of the liquidity for months. And so now Hex has changed the game and made the world a better place by popularizing things that are awesome. And now that, that whole mechanism of being able to get in and to get out on chain trustlessly with no exit scams, no ML, no KYC, any of that crap, that didn't exist when Hex was being designed. So this emergent awesomeness, it just surprises me constantly. It's like, yes, I chose the right platform. I chose the right ecosystem. You know, we've got all these developers building amazing things around Hex constantly. That app I told you about, staker.app, yeah. community built. Hexinfo.io, community built. Hex.live, community built. Hardhex.xyz, which uses uh, Ledger hardware wallets, community built. Another, uh, or backuphex.com. You know, if, if I die, hex.com goes offline. You can go to backuphex.com. You can go to staker.app. You can go to etherscan.io. You can go to many different decentralized places to continue to use the system. It's totally decentralized. Most things in crypto aren't actually decentralized. Bitcoin, 42% of the coins are in 2,000 wallets. Nobody knows that. I know that. Google Bitcoin rich list. You can see the list. You can see the wallets. If, uh, if you use these other DeFi projects, their website goes down. No other way to use it. Oops, your money's gone. Hope you figure out some way to use it again one day, right? Like we just do everything better. Better logo, better branding, better community, better videos, better price performance, more secure, better uptime. Just it's amazing. Like, well, that, that's one of the questions I wanted to ask because Germans are very careful also and they want to know what happens if you get run over. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yep. you know, if, if go.hex.com goes offline, if hex.com goes offline, if I die, the system doesn't give a shit. The mm -hmm. system does not care. The, the, the code will continue to run. There's no humans involved. You can run the code. You can build your own front end, or you can use the six or seven front ends that other people have already built to do what you want to do. It's all public. It's all on chain. There's no off switch. There's no pause switch. There's no like Oracle vulnerability. There's no computer that someone runs that like feeds data in and then that guy screws that price up, right? 
you'd be surprised. There's all these other projects in DeFi that pretend to be decentralized, but they're not. If you have a price oracle, whoever controls the server that changes the price can destroy the whole system. If you have admin keys where some guy can go and change code, you're just trusting the guy. Skip the whole blockchain crap and just do it in a normal database. If you're going to use the blockchain, the most expensive, slowest database in the world, you better be using it for censorship resistance because it's the only thing in the world that's good at. It's not fast. It's not cheap. It's very slow. It's very expensive. If you're going to endure those costs, censorship resistance is the only reason to do so. If you have admin keys, you're not censorship resistant. The government could put a court order on them to change things. Yeah. A guy with a gun could tell them to change things. So real crypto, like Bitcoin, like Ethereum, like Hex, and like Uniswap, has no admin keys. No gun put to anyone's head is going to make a bit of difference. Other What's things in crypto are full of centralization and risk that way. What are your thoughts on Tron? It's just a copy of Ethereum that's like more scammy. So they, they, they basically copied Ethereum and then put a bunch of scams on it and then like increase the throughput a little bit is like a, okay, we got to do something to act different. So, okay, increase the throughput. And then, uh, that's it. They don't have any innovation in regards to product whatsoever. They just copy whatever's going on in the Ethereum ecosystem. And you know, they just did like, you know how you go to China and you find like a fake copy of something, yeah, like a fake yeah. bag, or like a fake yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Like this is the fake Ethereum basically. So. Yeah, but fakes, fakes can also make money. So where do you see its price going? Can they though? Think about that. Who do you see actually making money on fakes? The 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 African dude that puts out his like he has a satchel full of fake bags, throws them down real quick, right? Lays the satchel out, puts the fake bags there. He doesn't really make that much, right? And the people in uh, God, what's it called? The, the fake center of China, Niu. I think I can't remember how you say the word, but there's just like one city that all the fakes come from. Those guys don't make that much. So then you've got these occasional websites that get set up and then get shut down by Interpol and such. So then no one's really making that much money on fakes. Like I'll give you an example. Okay, there's Ethereum and then there's Ethereum Classic. Ethereum Classic ain't worth shit compared to Ethereum. All right, there's Bitcoin and then there's like Bitcoin Cash. Bitcoin Cash isn't worth shit compared to Bitcoin. Yeah. So the the fake industry really has never in crypto, no copy of a real crypto has ever done well. It's just never happened. They is tend it, to just go down a price forever since the fork is what they tend to do. Is it, is it more of a fake or is it more like a, more like a copy or a knockoff? Because for it, example, it depends on if you innovate or not. If you innovate yeah. and do things that the market finds useful, well then it's not a fake, right? Mm -hmm. But if you really just are copycatting and, and not bringing anything to the table, you don't, you, I would hope that an efficient market would penalize such a thing or not reward it very much because you should reward things that are innovative if you want more innovation. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll put it to this, I'll put it to this easy Bitcoin Cash. Okay. Bitcoin Cash forked from Bitcoin in 2017. It went, uh, it launched at about 15% of a Bitcoin. So you could exchange one Bitcoin Cash. So if you had a Bitcoin, you got a free Bitcoin cash. You could sell that when it, when it split, when it was invented, you could sell that for 15% of a Bitcoin. And then there was this thread like, oh, it's going to be the flippening. Bitcoin cash is going to take over. And it went up to 50% the value of a Bitcoin. 
I think Bitcoin was 7,000 at the time. I think a Bitcoin cash went up to 3,500. And then you know what it did? It made new all-time lows forever until now where it's at new all-time lows. And now I think it's around 2%, 1%. I'll check the chart real quick, um, but it's just gone down. So at one moment, it was 50% the value of Bitcoin. Now it's 1% or 2% the value of Bitcoin. And that story just plays out over and over again in regards to forks. Because what you have is when you create a fork, a copy of something, you have infinite sell pressure from all the people you just gave free coins. And not all the people realize that they've got free coins at the same moment. And so they just keep dumping into you basically what feels like forever. And so you have all this extra sell pressure from people that didn't do anything to, to prove that they were a worthy member of the community. I'll give you an example. Mount Gox. You heard about Mount Gox that stole everybody's money in 2013? Nope, haven't heard about it. <laughs> well, they stole a few billion dollars of everyone's money in 2013. Wow. They lost hundreds of thousands of Bitcoin. But they went bankrupt and still have, as of 2018, they had 180,000 Bitcoin, which was worth billions of dollars. And guess what? By law, the trustee that took over the bankruptcy, the only thing he could do by law is sell that shit. So he sold 40,000 Bitcoin, dumped the market, and he sold 40,000 Bitcoin cash, dumped the market. Now, why does he have Bitcoin cash to sell? Because the Bitcoin cash guys gave him free coins. Oops, you guys just gave 40,000 Bitcoin cash to some guy that by law can only sell them on your heads. How is the world better for that? It's not. The world is worse for that because they fucked up. I did not fuck up. I also gave free coins to Bitcoiners, but I used good game theory. If you claimed your Bitcoin, so three, uh, 300,000 Bitcoin was used to mint free hex. That's about $5 billion worth. If you did it on day one, you got a 20% speed bonus. If you didn't do it on day one, your speed bonus decays to zero over the year. And your ability to claim also decays to zero over the year. So for instance, today, some guy claimed 500 Bitcoin worth, which is like $5 million, $6 million. So he has five or $6 million of Bitcoin right now. He went into his wallet. He went to go to hex.com. He pasted his address in there. He clicked claim. It said, okay, sign this. He copied the signature into his wallet. He clicked sign. He copied that back to there. He clicked claim and boom, he minted his hex. He only got about, I think $900 of hex. But if he would listen to me almost a year ago, he would have had $9,000 of hex, but he didn't, he didn't listen. So his ability to dump the hex market by getting free coins is reduced by at least tenfold, more than tenfold, because he lost his speed bonus and we're, we're more than 90% done with the launch phase. So he, he, he's like probably 20 fold reduced in the amount of hex that he would have got because I am smarter than the other guys who are going to let these forks dump on them forever. Oh, price went up, dump, right? And hex, and by the way, the amount of hex that these free claimers get is very small compared to what everyone that, uh, you know, sacrificed Ethereum in order to mint hex got. Just better game theory. It's like, every, like the reason the chart looks as good as it is is because it's a better design system. So the Bitcoin cash chart went bloop, ah, for years. And the hex chart is like, ah, it's just better. Like it's, it, it's better design. <clears throat> so I think 
everyone understood that there's a lot of money to be made in Hex. Uh, but how is the usability? Because I'm one of those people mm -hmm. who actually also used Bitcoin to pay for things. I got, mm -hmm. I got a different crypto um, deposit cards. Mm -hmm. um, I got different apps on my phone. And I actually used it in some phases just for fun to mm -hmm. buy regular stuff, to go shopping for groceries, to do all yep. kinds of stuff. Yep. So how do you see the usability of Hex? It's vastly better. So by the way, I pulled up the Bitcoin cash chart just today, new all-time low of 1.55%. Whoops. Used to be 50%. Whoa. We're talking we're talking a drop of ninety nine percent or so. There's some stupid pop up in my way. I can't actually read it. It's insane. Like the chart looks like pure cancer. The beat I'm looking at the BCH BTC pair. Just death. Pure death. Um so that's what's up. You're talking about copies. There you go, man. And they're here's the funny part. They're actually innovating and trying. They're actually building stuff doesn't matter you can never get over that original sin of giving a bunch of unworthy people free coins you're never going to get over it uh and by the way i called that this would happen and i was right so i'm just right all the time dude if you go back and look at my calls there's like a serial awesome correctness i'm very very happy about it and i don't delete bad calls like if i have a bad call of which i can only remember like two or three they stay and then i don't know i'm rounding up i can remember like two there's not even three. I just said it because it sounded good. There's like two I can think of. Um, oh, so usability. Yeah. Okay. You want to do a 13 second transaction of Bitcoin? Fuck yourself. You can't. Why? 10 minute blocks. Okay. You want to do a 13 transaction a second at hex? Yes, you can. You can do 13 second transaction at hex. Why? 13 second blocks. All right. You want to uh, pay somebody in hex? Costs like a dollar or two. You want to pay someone in Bitcoin? I don't know. Costs like four or five bucks, something like that. You want to pay less? You can go to zksync.io and you can pay 10 to 50 times less to do your transaction. Why? Because it uses layer two technology. Hex is the first uh, project in the world to use layer two Ethereum for an airdrop where 250,000 people were paid Hex. It would have costed millions of dollars to do that on the Ethereum network. Instead, it cost maybe $100,000 to do it over the layer two at zksync.io which does 2000 transactions per second, which Bitcoin cannot do. Bitcoin does about seven transactions per second under ideal conditions. Under normal conditions, maybe it'll do five. Uh, what else? It's, it's web-based and you've got, so you literally just install metamask.io and you're done. Like that's your wallet. That's how you use it. You go to, you can use install metamask.io on your browser or your phone. And then you go to go.hex.com to claim your free coins of your Bitcoin holder to mint your coins. Uh, you know, if you want to turn Ethereum into hex to refer people or self refer yourself, it's very easy. Now getting crypto is a little bit harder, right? You got to set up an account at Bitstamp or Kraken. There are some other options that are on the homepage that you can use. So you can use, uh, you know, wire or transact or changely or, you can turn Bitcoin directly into Hex using a system called RenVM. So bridge.renport.io or something like that. If you go on hex.com homepage, it'll show you how to 
to turn uh, Bitcoin directly into Hex with no sign up, no email, no KYC, none of that crap. You maintain your privacy. Nice, nice. Okay, so let's imagine all of us make some good investments, make lots of money. What's what's been uh, your hobbies after you made your first money and you also traveled? So, what are things that you're girls? It, That's all I care girl. about. Okay, girls. girls. Yeah, <laughs> I like girls a lot. I'm a fan. You're a fan, huh? <laughs> yeah. Can't wait to get off the stream. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a simple man. I like food more than I should. I like girls. I watch videos. I'm watching gun videos and car videos. Normal dude. <laughs> One of the... But I mean, I mean, yeah, I do that, but I also read like the first four pages of Hacker News every day. Hacker News, okay. Yeah, I'm news.ycombinator.com. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to see a lot of stuff you don't understand. That's how you grow. You expose yourself to things you don't understand. You keep being in that ecosystem until you do understand it. So part of the reason I'm able to do all this amazing technical stuff is because I just read all day long. So I would say a very small minority of my day is watching YouTube. But... You know, I see what's suggested to me so I can see what I have watched, right? But like the majority of my days is reading and I've done that for decades and now I'm a pretty smart dude. That's how it goes. You can't yeah. be smart unless you're getting data in and you can't get data in unless you're shutting the fuck up and reading or listening. That's how you get data in. <clears throat> now, once you've got enough data in, you can synthesize and create new amazing things, but you really do have to get that data in there in the first place. And how much, how much time goes toward hex as a project currently almost all of it yeah i mean i'm sleep deprived right now i've had two hours of sleep had to do work got another two hours of sleep had to do this looking forward to my next two hours so okay when this okay. big when this big launch see when hacks is going viral and i mean going viral in the mainstream public because we've seen bullshit scams go viral in the public. BitConnect yeah. was such a scam. What's BitConnect? Oh, there's some fake arbitrage bot that's generating all this profit and you put some money in and then you get the bot, the profit from the bot. There was no bot, it's fake. Bullshit, Ponzi's, lies, scams. Why, when cryptocurrency shows 1.3 million X, 1.6 million X in Bitcoin right now, why would you need to lie? Cryptocurrencies are good enough on their own. Store value is good enough on its own. Our regulatory arbitrage is good enough on its own. Swiss bank account in your head, it's good enough on its own. You, you shouldn't have to do the scammy bullshit. World's first blockchain CD, good enough on its own. No scammy bullshit needed. So the world has been scammed out of billions of dollars by fake cryptocurrencies. One coin didn't actually have a cryptocurrency, but pretended they did scam people for billions of dollars. BitConnect pretended they had an arbitrage bot, scam people for billions of dollars. Well, what if we used better marketing than those guys and then got people into an honest, truly decentralized, truly amazing, truly secure product that also has higher gains than those did anyway? See, it's magic. If you, if you want to stop people from getting scammed, there's only three ways you can do it. You can yell at them and say, stop getting scammed. 
and there's no switch they can flip to just be smarter. It's not going to work. Yelling at them doesn't work. I tried. They don't listen. You can't reach them. The scammers have a marketing budget, but as a person speaking truth, how many millions are willing to burn of your own money to try and save other people's money? It's asymmetrical warfare. You're on the wrong side of. So yelling at people doesn't work. Okay. Well, what if we gave the regulators more resources? The enforcement guys. Well, they only act after the fact. They don't do precognition and, and do pre-crime prevention. They only screw up people that have already robbed people and the people are already robbed. And do they get the money back? Almost never. So what do you have? You got one or two scammers in jail. You got thousands of people that have been scammed and you got the court system tied up for years. And then, okay, what happens? You get a news article, you get a guy in jail and you got a bunch of people missing their money. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Okay. So if, if, if regulatory, and by the way, even if it could work, it may only work in countries that have good law enforcement to start with. Much of the third world and much of the, the world in general doesn't have good murder law enforcement, let alone financial crime law enforcement. So it's just not a scalable thing. Yelling at people doesn't work. I've tried, uh, you know, getting money back for these people after they've already been scammed. It's too, takes, you know, dust, justice delayed is justice denied. It sucks, barely works. So what's something that could actually work? I'm the only guy popularizing it, just me. I'm the guy telling everyone will actually work to help prevent scams. You have to get their money out of their hands into something safe or they will get scammed out of it. And then the only question is what is safe? Maybe it's an index fund in the S&P 500. Maybe it's a superannuation fund if you live in Australia. Maybe it's uh, laddered CD time deposit things, which in this environment, it's not even functional in the normal banking system. The interest rates are too low to be of any use. Your, your inflation rate's 5%. Your yield at the bank is like negative percent. Oh, well, that doesn't work. So HEX is something that does have a lot of volatility because it's a cryptocurrency. But if you have a longer time horizon, 263X, not even including the interest, is insane. And only cryptocurrencies do that. There's nothing else in the world that does that. So... If you want to prevent scams, you have to get compelling offers to superior products in front of the at-risk people so that they don't have money to get scammed out of because they're already making mad gains in something that's safe and awesome. Maybe it's Berkshire Hathaway. Maybe it's an S&P 500 index fund. Maybe it's Hex, right? So we have Hex, has, because it has a referral program, people that used to promote scams. So Trayvon James, Craig Grant, they used to promote uh, the BitConnect scam. I don't think they knew it was a scam and they're participating in it. But in the end, it turned out to be a scam. Well, they have promoted Hex now. And how have the people done that they've promoted it to? Fantastically. So anytime you can get people that were doing harm to then go and do good instead is a win. It's a win. And anytime you can displace ads from scammers with better ads for better products, it starves the scammers of food. So just like a bacteria, if you want to improve the bacteria in your stomach, you got to kill off the bad ones and keep the good ones. And that works to anywhere. Well, how do you do that? By starving them of food. So by you introduce a, a different bacteria that locks up all the food and then the bad ones die off, right? So that's the only way you can actually kill scams that's scalable is by something that can afford to have a marketing budget to get its message in front of the at-risk population to, to get their money out of their hands before they lose it to scams. Like it, there is no other scalable way to do it.
The, the only other way that you could do it is to remove all freedom from everybody and only let some like government thing decide what people were allowed to invest in. It's the only other way I can think of that kind of sort of scales. And I'm not sure that does scale. I mean, the USSR didn't do so well with centralized price setting. So I'm not sure anyone would do very well with centralized investment setting. <clears throat> yeah. So the, the stickiness of all these scams basically was their multi-level affiliate system and their really great compensation plans. So um, Hex basically counteracts that with very good interest and with very good There's some things we're missing. So we don't have a multi-level marketing program. Yeah. We have a single level, just like Amazon and just like Tesla, and it's going away. It disappears in a few days. The referral program disappears in five or six days. The adoption amplifier where you can mint your own hex by uh, transforming Ethereum into it goes away in five or six days. It goes away the, I think it's the 17th. Uh, so, you know, I, I wish, we've already got a system built that would reintroduce a different form. So right now the referral system inflates the currency to pay rewards. So no one gets a worse deal. So if you self-refer yourself, you get paid 32% more out of inflation. But that, that inflationary period is going away in a few days. So you're not going to have that inflation anymore. So now the new referral system, if it ever comes into existence, we don't do uh, promises of future work. We don't want you to have expectations of profit from the work of others. It's a complete project. It's a complete product. There's nothing left that needs to be added to it. It's done. But other people can build on top of it. So someone took it upon themselves to build a referral program on top of Hex where a new person, when they make a stake, some of their shares of their stake will go to somebody else. But that leaves the person that was referred with less, you see. So the existing referral system doesn't give anyone less. It just gives everyone more. So if you use a referral link, you get 10% more. The person that refers you gets 20%. 1 times 1.2 times 1.1 is 1.32, which is a 32% bonus. It compounds, right? So the system inflates 32% to reward the referrer and the referee. That can't happen in seven days from now. Like after the... like. In five or six or seven days, that ain't happening anymore. But we do have this other system that, that the community could adopt if they wanted to, where people could be referred, but by being referred, they're getting a better deal or a worse deal than people that weren't referred. Does that make sense? It's like yeah. wholesale retail. Yeah. When, when you go to buy something at the store, you're buying retail. They paid exactly. less than that. So it's yeah. a whole, it's a whole, it's a retail wholesale uh, situation. So I haven't, I haven't had time to really flesh that out because like the gains are in general awareness right now. Um, particularly with this $2 billion big payday coming up in a few days, that's, that's where the win is now. If the community wants to pivot and, and work on the new, uh, referral system. Okay, cool. You know, there's a time for that after the big payday, but right now we got to focus on the next five or six days because that's the biggest event in the currency's history. Like this will be monumental record breaking. 30% of the supply is being handed out to the stakers with longer believers getting a larger part. It's a very important day. Imagine if they handed out all 30% okay. of the Bitcoin supply in a day. Yeah. So now we're going to wrap up the last um, few minutes. And I have 
some business questions because obviously you're not only a crypto guy, you're also a business expert. So my two business questions, how do you get really good human resources, real good team partners, real good employees? That's question number one. And question number two is going to be when you see your business, there's always sales, marketing, there's product, there's all these different um, aspects to a business. What um, is your strategy and where is your main focus? So uh, we're going to start off with the question number one, how to get really good um, people. Believe it or not, I'm not that good at this one thing, unfortunately. <laughs> I have always, this has been the one weakness that I've had that I have the greatest regret over because it's the most important part. The only way I end up getting good people is by cycling through a lot of shit. That's the only way it happens for me. I am sure there is somewhere out there, somebody that just gets the right guy up front. Sadly, that's never been me. I don't know whether I have a way of finding professional interviewers that look great in person and on paper and then just fuck up afterwards. But man, I still, to this day, have never found a way to get good resources without having to fire five of seven, basically. So I don't know whether it's because I'm having to do things that are really hard. It could be that. I mean, when I was very young, I hired a lot of my friends, but my friends were actually pretty great because I was in the really smart kids school. So all my friends were really smart. So that, you know, helped a lot. Um, yeah, that's the one, if I could flip a switch and trade some other knowledge I have, I would trade it for that human resources knowledge because that's the most important thing, man. So like right now I wear a lot of hats and I'm sleep deprived, but yeah. and I had better HR, I could have a good night's sleep, right? So this is, this is the one place where I would be doing the same research you're doing. <laughs> and, there, and, it, and it could be the case that you really do just have to cycle through five of seven to get two good guys. It just could be the case. Um, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I don't have an amazing... <laughs> okay. I mean, I may, I, may, I may have already found the solution. It is just brute force throwing up shit at the wall. But Yeah. And the next question was regarding uh, when when you start a business, um, how is your ratio of focus? Is it like very much on the product? Is it sales uh, reps? Is it? Is I it my marketing? key. Yeah. My key is I have a few keys. I'm proud of them. I wrote yeah. a book, a few books. You can read them. T.me forward slash survive. I can send get you the, them, so yeah. I, so the ones that are for, for free that are there are the ones that were before editing because I like it. I could send you the one that's edited back from awesome, the editor, yeah. you know, professional yeah, editor me. book. Yeah. I can send it to you. Um, so cause all the, most of the stuff I'm telling you is in the book. Most of the stuff, the, uh, I care about scalability. So I, you know, my car stereo store, I maxed out its size. You couldn't do more business. You, you were limited by your local customers. We were drawing them for 60, 70 miles out, but it's just, you run out of customers for local. 
So you want to do something that if it works right, you can scale it up 100x. Software is perfect for that. Delivery is perfect for that. Service businesses are the opposite of good. Maximum overhead to serve the fewest people. So things you can ship, things that are digital, wonderful for scale. That's where you want to be. Because if it goes right, it could go 100x better the next year. Anything that's physically based, land-based, service-based, you're not 100xing in a year. It's not happening. So do something that's scalable. Second, I don't want to be the first guy to try something. I want to know that it's going to work. So I want to go into an industry that's relatively new, but I see people that are stupid that are making way more money than they should be making. Because now I know it's going to be easy. I can do better than what that guy's doing. So let's go better, do better than what he's doing and make more money than him. And even if we end up making less money than because we enter the market and lower the margins, it's still better. Fuck that guy. We're going to give the customers a better deal. He's going to make less money, but we're going to make some. Customers are going to be happier. We're going to be happier. That guy, he's not going to be happier, but fuck him. Welcome to capitalism. Do a better job. It's competition. That's competition breeds excellence. That's why capitalism works. So, you know, I tend to look for profitable industries that are relatively new where the people are making wild amounts of money that they don't deserve because they you know, someone could come along and do a much better job. And, you know, that's what, look at crypto. It has good formula. The Hex project, which is now a product because it's finished, launched, finished. Who launches finished products in Hex and in, 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 in cryptocurrency? Hex is like the only one. Like, is Ethereum done? No. Is Bitcoin done? No. Is Hex done? Yeah, it's done. It's complete. It's finished. You can't edit it. No editing. You can build stuff on top of it that's extensible. And the Ethereum network that it runs on uh, keeps improving, so that's nice. But the actual hex code, it is locked and immutable and complete and secure. It's beautiful. It reduces the attack surface. It reduces the attack vectors. It's just the right way to do things. So this endeavor has all of the traits that I have identified as the most profitable traits you could possibly have. What's the highest appreciating asset class that's ever existed in mankind? Cryptocurrency. Why? Lowest overhead maximum product profit margin. Okay. What's it cost to mint new coins? Zero dollars. Oh, okay. You see what I mean? What's it cost to run the network? Uh, the participants run it themselves. God damn. Sounds pretty good. Okay. So you're making money out of thin air. Yeah. We're making money out of thin air. Well, why would people buy it? Because it's the highest appreciating asset class that's ever existed. And the people that bought it made more money than anyone else has ever made ever period in anything. All right. Well, that sounds pretty good. Right. Uh, so like first mover advantage or the world's first blockchain CD you got the dot com three letter dictionary geometrical taggable stencilable uh, futuristic logo that can't be misspelled or, or brand name can't be misspelled like every component that I knew of to maximize awesomeness is in here referral program no sign up no MLK no IC like you just put a put your Question mark R equals your Ethereum address at the end. Okay, boom, there's your link. So I don't have to sign up? Nope, no sign up. Question mark R equals your Ethereum address. You're done. You can go to go.hex.com, put that on there. You can go to hex.com, put that on there. It all works, right? So all of the things that I knew to make the world's most profitable business and have the highest price performance, I put in this. And it works. It's working. It's amazing. So that, that was a dream. When I first saw, some guy came along, I remember it, some guy came along about 50,000 and locked it up for 10 years like that. And when he did that, I was like, yep, we're good. Everything's perfect. He just did the absolute best thing 
I mean, the actual best thing was 15 years, which we saw later. It might have been the same guy, actually, that, that did the 10-year and the 15-year stuff. And now we just see more people doing it because they know it's a thing that works. Yeah, all, all those components that I just told you about, digital, scalable, high profit margin, you saw other people sucking but doing great anyway, right? Like, you know, Bitcoin. It's not accepted anywhere. Failed entirely as a currency. N slow, expensive, doing great. Okay, well, <laughs> now we've got faster, more secure, higher throughput, cheaper, better price performance, more features, plus referral program, plus we got the dot com. Like, yeah, it's everything's better. So why shouldn't it kick ass? Right. And then you look and you're like, yeah, it's kicking ass because it has all of the things better. The only thing Bitcoin is better is liquidity. If you want to sell hundred million of it, you're gonna get less slippage there. It's got more ATMs around the world, but you're going to get raped on fees. 10% ain't great. Um, and it's got more retail adoption, but is still pitiful. There's 800 websites that accept it after 10 years. That is terribly not good. 800 after 10 years. And there's less, not more. The number of retailers accepting it is going down, not up. Well, that's all terrible, but look how amazing the price is doing anyway. So if something's price continues to go up, even though it's not doing that good a job, there's a shitload of opportunity there. And Hex is just capitalizing on, on all of it. You see any chance I'm talking to the person who might, who might become the richest person in the world because yes. of that project? Well, because let me add Hex, a caveat. Yeah. So... In 2017, the richest man in the world on paper was the founder of XRP. And then people stopped buying it. They told a story about, oh, banks are going to use us. Banks never use them. Oopsie do. Oh, well, I guess your narrative failed. So that's it. Uh, there's an origin address in Hex. It gets about half the supply. Nobody knows who owns it. But... Whoever or whatever might have the keys to that address. It's got, you know, a couple billion dollars of value now. Cool. Nice. So, you know, we could say that I founded something that's generating a lot of millionaires. Maybe even some billionaires. So that's the most I could say. <laughs> we were talking about HR. Yeah. If you would hire one of these three people as uh, one of your consultants, mm -hmm. would it be Elon Musk, mm -hmm. Jeff Bezos, or Bill Gates? Bezos. Easy. Easy? Yeah, so Bill Gates is trying to save the world, primarily the third world. He spends yeah. most of his time researching poop and waste disposal and curing diseases I'm never going to get. So he's kind of out of the game for like... I mean, he's doing fusion, which is pretty neat. So he's, he's like, I greatly respect what he's doing. He's the world's greatest philanthropist that has ever existed. I just wish he was helping me and people that I can talk to and people that I will interact with in my life. But instead, you know, I'm going to die earlier and more painfully because he's hooking up a lot of other people that I'm never going to meet or work with. So, you know, in his worldview, every life is worth the same. In my worldview, they're not. If I can talk to you, work with you, meet you, maybe even have sex with you, I like you more. I like you more. Call me crazy. Makes you know? sense. <laughs> That's why I have door locks. If I liked everyone in the world the same, 
why would I bother locking my door? But I got door locks because I don't like everybody the same. So, um, you know, number two would be Elon because he's a really smart dude, smart engineer, smart computer science guy, um, has good vision, but like, so Gates is working on shit that's not going to help me by saving the third world. Cool. Um, you know, great. Elon's helping us by move, you know, getting humans to diversify across other planets. Well, great. So now we're le- we're more likely to die here because we diversified our resources to create like an emergency survival basket somewhere else. Well, do you want to spread your eggs in multiple baskets or do you want to keep your eggs in one basket and watch it really well? Well, since I'm in this basket and I can't spread myself across the two, I'd prefer shit go well here. So I wish Bill Gates was working on medical research that may benefit my loved ones and myself. I wish Elon Musk was working on medical research that would benefit my loved ones and myself. Neither of them are. And that sucks because going to Mars sucks. There's nothing there. It's a shithole. Space sucks. Mars sucks. It's fun. It's great to read about. It's great to to navel gaze about. But my grandparents are dead. My dog's dead. I'm sick of people around me that I love dying. It really sucks. And we can do shit about that, but no one's fucking doing it. So after Hex is, that's my next thing. Yeah. We need people to make, heal other humans. So, you know, so Bezos is the reason I chose him. He, well, one, he is the richest of the three. Two, he has the most diverse business portfolio, right? So if you look at the things that Amazon does, does everything, right? You want video, does video. You want web services, does web services. You want shipping, does shipping. You want, you know, inventory management, does that. You want, uh, they do just about damn everything. So Bezos's ability to help me scale the things that I care about is much better than Elon and Musk's, or rather Elon and uh, Gates. So I, I would choose Bezos for what I'm for, for helping me scale hacks and, and even for the longevity things, you know, <clears throat> and what dead person would you have dinner with if they could hmm. come up from the dead for about five hours? I don't know. Abe Lincoln would be a fun one, I guess. But I'm probably just copying that answer because I think I heard somebody else give it once before and it sounded cool. Yeah. You, you know, they tell you to never meet your heroes. And I don't really have any heroes, so I guess that's not a risk for me. But because uh, <laughs> everyone, you know, everybody's got good ideas, but they're yeah. just that doesn't mean that they've got everything else right. Like Francis Crick, you know, discovered DNA, but then you find out he's got a bunch of other beliefs that don't make any damn sense. You know, there was a a German guy that uh, was in charge of Germany for a while, did some shit that didn't make sense, but he supported animal rights, supported not smoking, supported building roads. Some of the other shit he did was pretty horrible. So you find that, that, you know, you have to take the good parts of learning from anybody and to, to not think that just because they got something right that they, they got everything else right. Because you'll find that people usually fuck up somewhere, you know? Like there's something, like look at my diet, right? Like obviously fucking the diet up here. <clears throat> okay, and the last question, what would you put on a billboard that would be in front of every house and on every street for 24 hours. Well, 
And the billboards are now? Like the instantly? Billboards, the billboards now? are now for the next 24 yeah. hours. Okay. <laughs> it's the last question. Sure. <laughs> Hex.com, this year up 263X, pays 25% interest, has a $2 billion payout in the next few days. Only happens once. Don't miss the opportunity of your lifetime. It feels to me exactly like it felt when I was mining Bitcoin when it was 50 cents. Now it's $16,000. That's 32,000 X since I was mining it. Don't miss the opportunity of a lifetime. Go to hex.com now and see how you might make the best decision you've ever made. Awesome. So I really enjoyed the interview. I bet all of the, the Germans, Austrians, and Swiss people listening in will love it. Maybe even some international people, since we're doing the interview in English, will listen in. We're going to try to get it up as fast as possible. Thank you very much for taking time out of your, um, yeah, very crowded day where you have to do so many things. Thank you very much. And do you have any last things you want to say? And then it's yeah. a wrap. Yeah, go to hex.com. Follow me on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Richard Hart win, youtube.com forward slash Richard Hart. Come chat with us, 20,000 people, and t.me forward slash hex crypto. Uh, you can ask in there and they'll refer you to the, the German uh, Telegram group, the German YouTube channels. Uh, yeah, I mean, everything is going amazing. If you want my uh, the draft versions of the book, uh, t.me forward slash scivive. It's like 475,000 words, it's a lot. And uh, yeah, I mean, come join us, man. We're having a lot of fun. Like everything is lovely every day. It's like, yep, new awesome day, new awesome stuff, you know? Awesome. Okay, guys. Uh, you don't need to leave, but you can't stay either. So <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're out. All right. Bye, man. Thank you.